For our message this morning, the passage of Scripture we're going to be in is the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. For those of you, um, that's basically going to be, it's the beginning of the New Testament. The beginning of the New Testament. The old way to find that, if you're interested, was if you take your Bible, if you don't have a bunch of helps in the back, you you turn it in the middle, you're probably going to open up in Psalms. And then you take the right half and you turn that over into the middle, you're probably going to be pretty close to Matthew. Um, so whatever techniques works, but Matthew chapter 13. And we'll be reading chapters one, uh, verses uh, 1 through 23. But before we start with the scripture, before we start with the scripture, we're going to talk a little bit about what you're about to read. So in this passage of scripture, Jesus is going to talk to us about the parable of the sower. And if you have uh, looked at Scripture before, you'll see when Jesus shares these parables, they're like illustrations um, to make a point that people can relate to. But you might not be a sower, and you might say, what is a sower? And you might say, is that a, um, is that a sewing machine? Is that a sower? And that's not what we're talking about, a sewing machine. We're not talking about somebody with a needle and thread. At that time, they were very agrarian. I think that's the right fancy word, uh, for they were farmers. Uh, they had to raise their own crops. You know, some people today might think, you know, you go to the grocery store, and that's where you get the meat. Or, uh, you know, or they might think that somebody produces the milk. They don't know where things come from, because they don't have to, to do it themselves. For some reason, that made me thought of, you know, there's some people that talk about, You know, if you don't want those deer to be crossing in the road when you're going down the road, put the deer crossing sign someplace else so they cross somewhere else. You know, (laughs) the deer don't read the signs. But the, uh, so people don't know what a sower is because that's not something they do today. So I'm going to kind of uh, describe what it is a little bit. And not a lot of people live where there's a lot of grass even, and so that's not an easy thing to understand. And we have people that listen to these messages in different parts of the United States, and some might be in a city, and some might be wherever. Sometimes we get people that come in from other parts of the world that look at our website and things, but I think some of them might be up to no good. Uh, You never know. Uh, But uh, in case you don't know what being a sower is, And what Jesus is talking about before we read it, this is what a sower does. So imagine you're in a place that has grass, or it should have grass, and it doesn't have grass. And so you're going to have to plant some seed there. Now, how would you plant that seed? Some of you have done this before, and it's like, well, I know how you do that. But you've got to remember, some people don't know what we're talking about. So let's say you go to the store, and you buy some seed. And you're like, I want to plant a little bit. I want to plant a little bit right here. I got about this big a spot that needs some grass. And so I buy my little bag of seed. Now, if you're doing a lot of it, you might have a big bag of seed. But I grab my little bag of seed, and I stick my hand in there. And I make my hand like a scoop, and then I put it in there, and I clench my hand around it in a fist, and my hand is full of grass seed. It's in my hand. And I want to sow that seed. And so what I'm going to do, and you could do it different ways. 
Some people would do it this way and just throw it right to where it's at. Other people, if you were doing a larger field, you would put it in your hand, make a fist, and you would go like this. Like you're throwing a Frisbee. That's like throwing a Frisbee, and then that seed goes flying up in the air. If there's a lot of wind and you throw it wrong, it's going to throw, throw all the seed the other direction. But you're putting your in there, and the, and the grass seed's small. Think of like sand or something like that. And you're putting your hand in, and you're casting it. You've got to remember at that time, you know, today, if you would look out in the fields, you see, oh, they're planting wheat. And maybe you've never seen someone planting wheat. You've seen it on the TV when they're harvesting wheat, and they've got a combine, and they're bringing it in, but they're planting wheat, or they might be corn, and they have it in rows, or it might be beans, and they're having it in rows, but they're planting wheat. Well, if you look at wheat fields today, they're going to be kind of orderly, because they're probably using a drill or something like that, and they're using an implement to plant it. They didn't have the implements, they didn't have the tractors, so they would put their hands in the seed, and they would go like this, and they would throw it. And they would throw it, and you're thinking down, you're going down, and you're near a sidewalk. When you throw some of that seed, you throw it, it's going to bounce on the sidewalk, and the grass isn't going to grow on the sidewalk because it's just concrete. It's not going to grow there. And then maybe you're going to cast some, and some goes over to where there's a lot of weeds, and it's not going to grow good in where there's a bunch of weeds. And then some of it, you're, you're going to throw it out there, and if you don't cover it, don't put some straw in it or something, what's going to happen? The birds are going to come and eat it, right? The birds are going to come and eat it. So you, you put some out there to kind of hide it. So you either have the birds eating it, or you threw some and it landed on the concrete or on the side, and there's, or you threw it and it landed over in the stones, and there's not a lot of dirt there. And so it goes over there and it doesn't have a lot of water. It can't grow much of a root. And then you have some, hopefully, that actually got to where it needs to be, where there has the, the, the soils at, there's no birds taking, you know, the birds aren't taken away and it plants and then it grows. So that's sowing seed. So the parable of the sower is about someone, they probably have a pouch around, a pack, uh, a pouch around their shoulder or something like that and they're reaching in and they're casting seed. They're casting it out like you'd cast a net, but they're casting it out like throwing a Frisbee. And you have seed casters probably today that you would see in the store you put the seed in, you crank them, and it throws it out. Well, they didn't have all that stuff. They were throwing it. So now, as we read this passage of Scripture in Matthew 13, 1 through 23, I know that was a long illustration, so that you're ready for the illustration, but I think it'll help make a lot more uh, understanding as we read uh, through this. So, uh, let's go ahead and read Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Matthew 13... 1 through 23. It's called in many Bibles, right there is the parable of the sower. This is again something the common way they would have done it then. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathering together to him. So he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed some seed, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. 
But when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said, He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundantly. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their ear, eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty and some 30. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. The parable of the sower. So just remember the parable as we've read and we've explained kind of what was going on. The sea by the wayside, the birds came and ate. The seed on the stony ground didn't have a lot of soil, grew for a while, but didn't have any depth and probably didn't have any water, and it just dried up. Because, you know, sometimes plants go down for water, try to get to it. And we know there's water as you go deeper. Some of you might have wells at your house. Some of you might say, what are we talking about? But you you know that there's water in the ground. You dig down far enough, you find water. So the roots are going down for that water, getting nutrients from the soil. But if there's no depth... They shrivel up. And then there are those that, uh, they're in the thorns, they're in the weeds, so they kind of grow for a while, but then the weeds, the thorns, they choke them out. They take up the water, and if you've ever had a garden or a flower bed or something like that, they take up the water and they take up the space, and they take up the sun, 
and they just choke them out. So they can't grow. So then you have that that goes on good ground. It's nice ground. It's got nutrients in it. It's not too hard. So the roots can grow. There's going to be some water around, and it's going to bring forth seed, fruit. You know, plants grow and produce seed. We eat the seed. You know, we eat corn, we eat whatever. But here it produces seed to make more plants and more outreach. Those that have ears, let them hear. Let them understand. Let them comprehend. As we read that part of the scripture. Ever, you can hear me. You can hear me, but are you listening? People can hear when you talk, but are they listening? That's the other part of that scripture that we were talking about. Are you listening? What's verse 15 say? Let's read that real quick. For the hearts of those people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their ears and hear with their, excuse me, lest they see with their ears. Didn't you, that's not going to work. They can't, you can't see with your ears. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Their eyes they have closed. Can you kind of see someone? Can you see, kind of see someone says, I don't want to see it. Nope, I don't see it. I don't want to hear it. Their eyes they have closed. It's right there. Oh, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to listen. I don't want to know what you're trying to tell me. Sometimes people don't, might not want to come to church because they know what they're going to be told and they don't want it. Sometimes a child might not want to go back and see mom and dad or visit or go home from school after they got in trouble because they know. But this is the situation. They see, but they don't perceive. They hear but they're not really listening. How many times has God tried to tell you something and you say, uh-huh, but you didn't hear what God was trying to tell you? You didn't want to hear because you, you were afraid of what that meant. Or you had other distractions. You had other things that you wanted to do and you knew what he was saying, but you're like, well, I'm not going to listen anymore because he's going to ask me to do this thing and I don't want to do it because I want to do this other activity. like a, a parent tells the child to take a trash and it's like, okay, I'll do it. And then somehow conveniently they fall asleep and it never gets taken out. They play on the thing, well, I don't want to have to wake them up. My poor children, I'm sorry to say I've asked them to do something before and they haven't done it and they, they find their way to bed and go to sleep and they get waking up in the middle of the night to go do what I told them to do. Because they said they would do it. You know, if they said they would do it, if they hadn't said, and I, I'm saying, now you're going to do this, right? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, you need to do it before you go to bed? Okay, I'll do it before I go to bed. And then they sneak off and try to do some other activity to keep them busy 
to justify why they didn't do it. You think people do that with uh, things about God? You're like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't go to, to church today because I can't go to that Bible study because I don't want to. I, 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 I don't want to read my Bible about that because, and you find all kinds of excuses why we don't go to church or we don't actually listen. Or sometimes the preacher might be preaching about something that gets a little clue close to home, and all of a sudden you've got to pull out your phone and, oh, I need to look here, this might be important. You need a distraction. You know, when you're, as a child, when you, I've, I grew up in church, one of the things you could do is when it gets to the altar call, and it's time for the altar call, and things are, or something gets a little too close, oh, I think I need to go to the bathroom. Right? I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave and become a distraction to other people, but um, I'm just going to go over here. Or they're talking about two things. Oh, there's an emergency phone call. I'm just going to have to walk out. We don't want to hear. We don't want to listen. But God's trying to tell us something, and we're not hearing Him. We see it, but we don't understand it or we kind of stop listening we don't try we don't lean in how many times has God told you how many more times is God going to keep telling you the same thing how much more how long is he required how many chances do you get how many do you deserve well I've got time to listen to God because I'm young how many tragedies have you seen where the young person has died in a car wreck or fentanyl? Or How many chances do you get? How many car wrecks do you get? How many, how many heart episodes do you get? How many of this do you get? Before you listen to what God has. Well, yeah, but you know, I... I, I, I hmm... You know, we're kind of like that, uh, you know, sometimes us fellows get this reputation. We're watching the TV, we're watching a game, we're watching a something, and, and your wife or someone else tries to talk to you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're not paying attention. You heard them, but you really didn't. The other thing is that back when we had newspapers, you might be reading the newspaper, not paying attention to anything else, but today you have the, uh, it might be a child, it might be who knows what. You're sitting around the, you're sitting around the kitchen table or you're at the restaurant and everybody's got their phone out. And yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're not paying attention to anybody. You're paying attention to your phone. Hopefully you're not having to text each other back and forth even though you're across the table from them. But if somebody's talking about something you don't want to hear, you find a way to get busy, right? You know, mom or dad come in the room and, and they want you to get up to go do some work or you got to do something, you pretend to be asleep, Right? My kids would pretend to be asleep so I could, when they were little. Now some of them are bigger than I am. Uh, so they would get carried to bed from the car. Well, I can't carry them anymore. But sometimes we pretend so we don't have to listen. We know what God is going to tell us, but we try to find an excuse because we don't want to listen or we're not paying attention. We're so busy on this game or we're so busy about those other things 
that we don't pay attention. We don't want to hear what God's telling us. Or He's not the focus of us listening to Him. And God's like, Earth the... <laughs> you hear that saying? Earth the so-and-so. What is God trying to tell you? And how much longer do you have to hear it? He might be trying to keep you out of a problem. He might try to, be, to keep you, get you into some kind of ministry. And it, you kind of go at the point of ignoring God long enough, you become disobedient. But he might be trying to save your soul. Some people don't want to listen. They know what he's going to say. People are worried about global warming. They're worried about COVID. They're worried about the government. They're worrying about all these kinds of things. But we should be listening to God. We should be worried about our eternal soul and making heaven our home. Hell is real, and it's hot there. We've told you this world is going to be consumed by fire. Mankind can't solve all their problems. And maybe this latest crisis you're in is to make you aware that you need God. Now when the storms come and you're a Christian, your roots go a little bit deeper because you're reaching for the water. Your roots go a little faster because you're reaping for the water. And God, God puts us through some things and it makes us stronger because He knows where the water level is and He's helping us to reach down to it. But some of you might need to start listening to God before it's too late. Start listening to God before you start displeasing Him. To do that ministry, to keep you out of that crisis, to help your family. Let's look at verses 18 through 23. Now we talk about the explanation of the parable. The seed by the wayside. The wicked. Come and take it away. Before it can even take root, Satan comes and snatches it away. So we got to keep casting the seed. We need to keep casting the seed in those areas where Satan is taken away from each people. So they can't really hear the word. They don't even get the chance. We got to keep casting the seed. Keep giving the opportunities. Maybe we pray that the Holy Spirit would toil that soil. Break up the concrete. Break up the hard earth. So that when it lands, that it's more prosperous soil. And to, to help it to keep root. To keep Satan off of it. But there's also some that lands on the stony ground. There's, there's no depth of root. There's no depth to them. The soil is rocky. Maybe they just got saved and... They needed to be in church. They needed to be in prayer. They needed to be in Bible study. They needed to get some depth. They need some nutrition. They needed their roots to grow. They needed some strength and stability by having a root so when the winds blow, they've got something to keep them from getting toppled. But they didn't. They got saved and then they just went off and thought they didn't need to 
read the Bible. They didn't need to pray. They didn't be in church. And they didn't have any depth. And when the storms came, they just didn't have it. So that's why we want to get the new Christians to be in church. We want them to pray. We want to get them through some Bible studies. We want them to get some initial things so they can get some depth. So when the storms come, they got some strength to them. But then there's still the others. They're, they're, and they might even be in the church, to be honest. But it's amongst the thorns. And the Bible says, the Bible says, what does it say there? Verse 22, among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So busy about the world's activities, I'm so busy with my family and my family time and doing for my family that I don't have any time for church. All my activities come first and church always comes second. It's amazing, if you're looking for an excuse not to be church, you're going to have family and in-laws that show up for Sunday night church time, or maybe Sunday morning church time, and they're going to show up and they know that you're just not going to go to church that night because they'll pick up priority. But if people start learning that, listen, I can't go do this with them on Sunday morning because they have church, they're in church, they're going to go to church, and if I show up, they're going to go to church anyhow. At some point, we have to, you know, people do everything else on Sunday. Everything else on Sunday. They don't even have the day of Sunday set apart. They go to church, and then they do everything else. It's barely a day of rest. But if the right circumstances show up, they're not even there on Sunday. And it's one thing for it to be once in a while, but when the once in a while happen to be frequently, some period of time. Maybe it's once in a month, that's one thing. But when it's every Sunday, where are you getting your nutrition? Where are you getting your depth? The things of this world are squeezing you out. You always have other activities except for the things of God. You're not in church. Maybe not even praying. Maybe not reading your Bible. But you're faithful to Facebook. How much authority does your job have over your life? People say, I work to provide for my family. Okay, that's interesting. But is it actually that your family is supporting you in your career and you spend more time in your career than you do in your family and with your family and it's all out of whack? Yeah, but we take these great trips once a... Where are you with your family the rest of the year? It might be better to have more frequent times with the family than one big thing with the family only once a year when they get priority. You know, that might be the same thing with God. It's one thing to just come on certain holidays and certain occasions, but it might be a nice thing to make choices where you're demonstrating to those around you and your own family that God is and attending church is important. The distractions of having money, the distractions of what's going on in the world, and everything looks nice, and everything looks happy, draws you away from focusing on God. It chokes out 
your spiritual life. And so, yeah, the seed was planted, and yeah, you had some growth, and you were there one time, but you backslid. And now the thorns are choking you out. Spoking your spiritual life out. Where is God in your priority? Where is He at? Are your choices choking out that influence of God in your life and in your family so that when the seed gets cast to your family, they don't even get a chance to recognize it before Satan's got them off doing something else? It's as though the distractions, they don't even recognize the Word of God coming their way. They don't even recognize their need of Christ because when they look to you, you haven't made a priority. Why should they? The good ground, the good ground, they hear and they understand. The end of verse 15, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them because they listened to understand. If we allow ourselves to really understand what God is trying to tell us, it will change our lives. God is speaking to you, but are you giving excuses? Maybe it's in, a, in your need of salvation, but maybe it's in your walk with God and what you need to go deeper. Maybe he's talking about your, your church Attendance. Maybe he's talking about your giving. Maybe he's talking about the ministries that he wants you to do. But God's talking to you about something he wants you to do. Are you listening or God's trying to tell you something you need to stop doing? Don't go there. Don't watch that. Don't be on that website. But you turn around real fast so you don't have to listen and you go do it anyhow before God has a chance. Because it's just one drink. It's just one flirtation with somebody that's not my spouse. It's just, just a little bit. See, that's what Satan does is he just, at the little bits. God's trying to say, the Holy Spirit's trying to say, hey, don't do that. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to jump off the stage and hurt myself. I'll just get a little closer. I'm not going to jump off the stage. I'm just going to get a little closer. So eventually, or a little closer, we lose our balance because we got too close. God knew we were going to get too close. But we don't want to listen to God because God doesn't know. What is God trying to tell you? To the Christian. What is God trying to tell those that need Christ? We need to keep casting the seed. Because Satan's trying to steal it away from people. We've got to keep casting it out there. Because people need God. But those of you that are babes in Christ, you need to go deeper with God. You need to trust God more. And cast away the things of this world. And some of you have probably, it's already happened. You've backslidden already. You backslidden already. You're not listening to God. You're, you're sitting in the pew or you're listening online 
and it's like the, the man watching TV and the wife's trying to talk to him. Yeah, he's there, but he's not listening. You're going through the motions, but you're not listening. The thorns are choking you out. You're not getting any depth. You're in danger of losing your soul. Let's be listening to God. Let's be casting the seed. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will toil the soil for those that need Him. So wherever you fall in this message today, let us each get closer to God. Let's be standing together. Father God, we are thankful for Your Word. We're thankful for Your faithfulness. And we're asking, dear Lord, that You would help us to hear. You'd help us to see. Not to close our eyes. Not to cover our ears. But to hear what all You have to tell us. And then to be obedient. Not to keep putting You off. Not to put the world first. Not to put our careers first. Our finances first. Father, we even use church uh, kids' activities as excuses not to be in your house. We just, it's not just once in a while we start putting things in front of you all the time. Oh, I got this special occasion. I got this special occasion. I got this thing. I got that thing. And pretty soon, we don't see. We don't hear. We forget the world's crowded us out and we find ourselves backslidden. Leading our family away from you. Father God, I just pray that you'd help us to all listen, help us to hear, and help us keep casting the seed as Satan tries to come and steal it away from those that need you. And Father, as people become new in Christ, help us to be there for them, supporting them, lifting them up, and may they be in church and seeking your will and your way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.